Hello, residents. My name is Mike Estefan. I'm joined today by Maddie Watts, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Rabbits Insurance, my personal independent disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Rabbits later in the episode, but let's get into it. Today is round number 11 of the game, Maddie's first PGY2 case. How excited are you, Maddie? (laughs) It still feels weird to hear that because I technically have three more days of PGY1, of being a little intern. (laughs) As of the time we're recording, but by the time this is released, you will be a a brand spanking new PGY2. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. So Maddie will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. She has 15 minutes to complete the full case. She does not know what this case is ahead of time. If Maddie hits all of the critical actions that I've listed out beforehand, she wins. If she doesn't, or if she performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They are not derived from actual ABEM cases that I had, not that I've taken my oral boards yet, and they are not real patients. Maddie, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you, outline a human body on the left side of it, and let me know when you are ready. I'm ready to go. Okay, Dr. Watts, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case before we begin. Do you have any questions? Nope. Alrighty, let me get my timer up. And the timer has started. Maddie, you are working at Clerkship General's affiliated hospital, Clerkship Rural, when the nurse hands you your next chart. It's a 59-year-old male with chest pain. All right. So I walk into the room. What do I see? You see a middle-aged male sitting on the stretcher. He looks pretty diaphoretic. Okay. Um, Hi, sir. I'm Dr. Watts. Nice to meet you. What brings you to the emergency department today? Hey, Doc. Well, I was plowing one of my fields, you know, to prepare for next year's crop load, and all of a sudden my chest started to hurt. Okay. Um, While we're talking, I'm going to have one of our nurses get you put on the monitor and get an opening set of vitals. Okay. The nurse is doing that. Um, Opening set of vitals. You have a heart rate of 110, respiratory rate of 22, a blood pressure of 156 over 97, an O2 set of 98% on room air. And can we get a temperature as well? And then can I have the nurse start working on an EKG? Uh, sure. Temperature is 98.8. And the nurse is working on an EKG. It'll be sent to you very shortly. Okay, sounds good. So, sir, what time exactly did this chest pain start? How many hours before you got here? Oh, not too long ago. Maybe maybe about 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay. And can you describe the chest pain to me? Uh, it just kind of hurts here in the middle of my chest. Uh, I don't know. It feels like something's sitting on my chest. Okay. Does the pain travel anywhere else, like to your back, down your arms, or up to your neck? It goes down both arms. Okay. Do you feel any other symptoms with this chest pain? Uh, pretty nauseous, and I feel a little short of breath. Okay. Um, and have you ever had chest pain like this before? 
No doc. Okay. Do you have any heart problems? Not that I know of. Okay. Never had a heart attack or had heart failure? Uh, I hope not. No. Okay. Ever been told you have an abnormal rhythm in your heart, something like atrial fibrillation? No, I've never been told that. Okay. Um, have you been sick recently at all? No. Okay. Well, and like this- I said, I was I was plowing my field. I felt great up until, you know, 40 minutes ago. Got it. Okay. Do you have any medical problems? Uh, I do. I have high blood pressure and high lipids, my doctor tells me. Okay. Do you take any medicines for that? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm on something. It starts with an L. Listen, okay. Listenopril? <laughs> Listenopril. And, and uh, Atorvastatin. That's the other one. Okay. And those are the only medicines you take? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any allergies to medicines? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Have you ever had surgery? No. Okay. All right, sir. Well, I'm going to do a quick physical exam and then take a look at the EKG that we got. Um, so looking at him, is he diaphoretic? He is diaphoretic. Okay. When I listen to his heart, do I hear any murmurs? You do not. Okay. Is it a regular rhythm? It is a regular tachycardic rhythm. Okay. Um, are his, what does his lungs sound like? Lungs are clear. Okay. Does he have two plus pulses in both his arms and legs, radial and DP? Yes. He has bounding pulses in all four extremities. Okay. Does he have any abdominal tenderness? His abdomen is soft and non-tender. All right. Any peripheral edema? Nothing really appreciable. Okay. And any signs of DVT? Uh, what, what exactly are you looking for? Does he have any asymmetric swelling, erythema, or tenderness of his uh, calves? No. His legs look symmetric. There's no, there's no redness. There's no swelling. There's no tenderness. All right. So let me take a look at this EKG here. All right. So trying to go in order. So he has P waves before every QRS and a narrow rhythm. So I think this is sinus. Um, he has a normal axis, um, but he has pretty significant ST depressions in V2 and V3. So that makes me worried about posterior MI. And then, um, see if he has any reciprocal depressions anywhere. Um, AVL looks a little depressed. He's also got some elevation in V6. Um, but yes, definitely concerned about V2, V3. He's got several millimeters of depression. So I think, um, sir, I think that you're having a heart attack based on our EKG. Um, so we're going to need to act pretty quickly here. Um, and I believe we're at a rural hospital that does not have a cath lab. Is that correct? Uh, that would be correct. Okay. How far away is the nearest cath lab facility? Uh, it's about an hour and 40 minutes by helicopter. Everything included, including the phone call over oh, there. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we are going to have to give lytics then. Um, so um, we, let's see. Um, 
we do need to give licks, so I do not know the dosing for TPA for MI. Um, do we have a friendly pharmacist at our rural hospital? You, you can, uh, you can call the the pharmacist at the mothership hospital. He'll he'll put the order in. Okay, the, that the, sounds great. The bolus Let's call and the him. Drip. Okay, he's already put it in for you. Okay, so I know we need to give that. And now I, I don't know if we need to give heparin at the same time. Ooh. Hmm. I also, I would like to go ahead and call the main hospital and say that we have a patient here with um, ACS, um, has meet STEMI criteria, and will need transfer, but we're going to give TPA here. Um, the, the transfer center says that the cardiologist is currently doing another cath and he will accept whoever you send but he can't he's too busy to talk to you right now the okay. cath isn't going that great okay <laughs> doesn't bode doesn't bode well for this guy okay um so i guess before we give lytics let me go back and ask him some questions so um has he ever had any gi bleeding uh i i have not okay have you ever had a stroke caused by bleeding in your brain? Uh, no. Okay. Have you had any recent surgeries? No. Okay. Um, do you take any blood thinner medicines? No. Okay. Any history of bleeding or clotting problems with people in your family? Not that I know of. Okay. Um, so we are concerned that you're having a heart attack based off your EKG and all your symptoms. It all fits. And because we're not at a center that can place stents, we can give you a medicine to kind of bust up the clot that has caused the blockage in your artery. Now, this medicine is really helpful to break up that clot, relieve your chest pain, and prevent you from having long-term damage from your heart. However, it can cause bleeding. And so it's important for us to know if you've ever had bleeding like this before. And it's important to know that even if you have not had bleeding like this before, that that is a possible complication of this medicine. Um, we still think that the benefits overall outweigh the risks because people who have heart attack, their um, an area of their heart doesn't get blood flow for a long time, and that area of heart muscle can die off, and then it can cause you to have complications like heart failure in the future. And so we still think this medicine is worth giving, but it's important that you know both the risks and benefits. Would you be okay with us giving you this medicine? Heck yeah, doc. Whatever you, you need to do. Okay. So um, let's give him um, 325 of aspirin and we'll go ahead and give the TPA and I'm going to hold off on heparin. Okay. The patient's asked, hey doc, can I get anything for my chest pain? Um... I don't think he has right-sided MI, so I think we're okay to give, well, I can't remember if posterior can also be right-sided. Uh, and what's his blood pressure? Uh, his initial blood pressure was, or do you want to recheck? Let's recheck. Okay. Uh, recheck blood pressure, 143 over 92. Okay. Um, we can give him some morphine, so we can do four milligrams of morphine. Okay. 
So we have given him 324 of aspirin, 4 milligrams of morphine, and the TPA bolus, and he started on an infusion. Did mm-hmm. you want anything else? Um, we can give some, um, I, I think it's IV atorvastatin as well. Okay. How much? milligrams. Okay. Uh, the, the nurse comes into the room. Hey doc, did, did you want to send labs on this guy? Oh, <laughs> yes. I thought <laughs> I was going <laughs> to do that earlier. Um, can we send off a troponin for sure? Um, and can we also send off a CBC, a BMP, a PTINR, um, a PTT, and a BNP? Okay. Those are all sent and cooking. Um, and the- And while we're at it, probably getting a chest x-ray would be helpful too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, chest x-ray is coming over right now. And while the labs are cooking, the uh, the nurse comes and grabs you. Hey, Doc, I, I don't know what's going on. He had a rhythm change on the monitor. I, I, I don't know. It looks like VTAC. Can you come in? Yeah. Um. So I go in, I look at the monitor, and what do I see? You see a wide, complex rhythm. Okay, is it regular or irregular? It's regular. Okay. Um, so it sounds like it looks like VTAC, wide and regular. Um, is he awake and talking? Yeah, he's talking. Okay. Um, and can we recheck a blood pressure on him? Uh, repeat blood pressure is 130 over 88. Okay. So he's awake and talking um which means we can do medications um to convert him let's um do amiodarone or i guess lidocaine uh let's do um 150 milligrams of amiodarone okay 150 of amio is given. And I'm not leaving the room until the rhythm stops or he is no longer awake and talking to me. Okay. Well, he, he looks pretty good. He's awake and talking. Doc, what what's going on? Should I be worried? So sometimes when your heart is not getting good blood flow, it can start having abnormal heart rhythms. So this rhythm um, is something that we can see in people who are having heart attack. And as long as you're awake and talking to us, it's okay. But sometimes if this lasts for a long time, it can cause you to have poor blood flow to your brain and pass out. In which case, we may have to do other things like shock you. Um, so we're going to keep a very close eye on you. Okay, Doc. What, whatever you say. I feel pretty good, though. That's good. <laughs> um, has... <laughs> Has the rhythm changed at all? No, it has not. Okay. Uh, you have you have one minute left in your case. Ah. Um. So I guess I probably uh, no, I, I probably should have given three hundred of amio first. Um. So we did the bolus. Let's start him on an amio drip. Uh huh. 
Um, I do not know the Ph- dosing of that off the top of my head. Phar- pharmacy has ordered it. Okay, sounds good. Um, uh, I can't decide whether or not to sedate him in cardiac version. Uh, he's still awake and mentating, though. Yeah, he, he looks like a million bucks. He's no longer diaphoretic. Okay. Um, I think I will give the amio some time to work. Okay. You have 15 seconds. Anything else you want to do? Do you want to keep this guy here? Um, yes. I do not want to transfer him while he looks like this. Oh, okay. All right. And that ends your case. Woo! Maddie Watts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we go through how you did, let's talk about our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. Pearson Rabbits is my personal disability insurance broker. And something you guys should know about insurance brokers that work for Pearson Rabbits is that they are paid on a fixed salary. So what that means is they do not receive any commission or any incentives to push one insurance policy over the other. They are really just looking out for your best interests, and they will help you find an own occupation, specialty-specific disability insurance policy that fits your exact needs. There won't be any outside influence on them. So don't wait until it's too late. Check out Pearson Rabbits at www.pearsonrabbits.com and schedule a consultation appointment with Stephanie Pearson or one of our team members today. Now, back to the episode. So Maddie, welcome to the new era of cases, PGY2 cases. How do you think it went? Um, I think it went okay. I was feeling pretty good until the end, and then I felt not so good. <laughs> <laughs> was there... Anything that you did that you weren't really sure about or walk me through kind of what you were doing and what you were confident with and what you weren't so confident with? Yeah, I think um, with the management of am I outside of a cath lab, I wasn't sure about if you would also give heparin with TPA because I know you can in PE, but you usually stop the heparin. So I think I was right about not giving that. But the thing that really I was unsure about was the VTAC with a pulse, which I probably should have that algorithm a little bit better in my brain. But um, I I feel like I should have cardioverted him, and I regret not doing it. Okay. So let me just say that you did a phenomenal job and probably better than I would have done, definitely better than I would have done as a basically day one PGY2, okay? Um, I was not expecting you to get as far as you did, so good job on that. Um, the The question, so I'll, I'll address your questions and then we'll go through the critical actions and kind of the the entire case. But um, the question about heparin with TPA. So I actually, and I don't blame you for not knowing this because I personally don't know this. And I work at a critical access hospital. I've never have an I've never given thrombolytics for a STEMI before because I can transfer very quickly. Um, but you do give heparin when you're uh, giving somebody lytics for a STEMI. You still do all the normal ACS stuff. You do aspirin, you do nitro, you do heparin, and then you do the the lytics on top of that. Um, but again, the, the, it's 
I would have looked that up if that was real life. So I do not blame you for not knowing that. Um, as far as the, the VTAC at the end, um, so there, there is one thing that I think could have really helped you. And, uh, I, I'm just curious if you've heard of this before, but whenever there's a rhythm change on the monitor, and again, this is, this is live. This is, you know, a stressful environment. You don't have the patient in front of you. Um, so it's hard to remember to do these things, but I, I know if this was in real life and you saw a change in rhythm, you would call for an EKG right away. Right. Yeah, that's but, fair. <laughs> but yeah, but you had not done that in this case. Um, and so I'm going to send you what the repeat EKG would have shown. And I'm curious to see if you know what this is. It is wide and regular. Ah, this is not VTAC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this looks like a left bundle. Have Have you heard of something called AIVR or accelerated idioventricular rhythm? I feel like I've maybe heard that once, but I definitely do not know what it is. Okay, this this is like this is purely board fodder, right? Like uh, this every board review thing that I have done, this there have been questions on this. So this is a classic scenario. You have somebody with a STEMI and you reperfuse them with lytics. This is what's called a reperfusion rhythm. Um, it's it's just a, a, an abnormal. It is abnormal, an abnormal rhythm that we see following lytic administration, but it's benign. You don't have to do anything about it. It actually, it's a good sign. It means that the heart, the, the blockage has been opened up and the heart is, uh, the, the coronary arteries are now receiving, or blood is flowing through the coronary arteries. The heart is receiving perfusion. And most of the time it will stop on its own. There is nothing to do about this rhythm. It's just a very common rhythm seen after lytic administration. Hmm, good to know. Um, and yeah, the, it's pure, it's it's board fodder and I guess real life fodder, but um, just something to keep in mind for boards. Um, the, the way you know that this is not VTAC or not a ventricular escape rhythm, right? Because it, it's wide and regular, but it's not fast. That's the thing. VTAC is fast. This is not fast. This isn't slow either. It's right in the middle. So if you have a wide, regular, slow rhythm, that's probably going to be a ventricular escape, something that's like less than 50 BPM. If you have a wide, regular, and fast rhythm, you know, something greater than 120, um, that's that's probably going to be VTAC. You can, you know, sometimes you'll see a flutter with a barency that'll look like VTAC, but probably VTAC in the setting of an MI. But this guy, I, I don't know what the exact rate is on the EKG. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 times 6. That's 90. This is 90. Um, that's your clue. It's not fast. So wide and kind of average after reperfusion is idio accelerated idioventricular rhythm. Well, well, I'm glad I didn't shock this guy because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you can never go wrong. I mean, it might be he might be a little mad at you for the pain, but I feel like I could have <laughs> gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would have liked it. And that that's why I was trying to like he looks so good. He looks better than he did. Um but I I I definitely led you on with the nurse being like, "Hey, it kind of looks like VTAC. 
you know i would have even had her had him or her say uh you should give some amio so it was intentionally deceitful <laughs> um anyway let's talk about critical actions so First critical action, treat for ACS, aspirin, nitro, and heparin. So you definitely could have and should have given nitro to this patient. Um, there was no inferior or RV involvement. Um, and really, really, it's just the RV involvement we worry about. I mean, they teach us inferior, but it's it's because there's an association between inferior and RV involvement. It's it's really it, the, the right ventricle is so preload dependent. That's why. Um so we could have given nitro here. I mean, morphine's okay. And then the heparin, which I don't blame you for not knowing. Number two, identify a posterior STEMI, which you did. I was hoping you would get a posterior set of EKG to confirm it was a posterior STEMI, but you you identified it right away. So I'll give you that. Um, the thing that I was most impressed with was that you assessed for thrombolytic contraindications and you consented the patient prior to the procedure. I thought that was going to be what you missed. Um, that's, I think, the easiest thing to forget about during these stressful cases. Um, so that was number three. Number four was transfer for PCI, which you did initially, but because he was in VTAC, you didn't. Even if he was in VTAC and he was stable, I would have started the AMEO and still sent him. He still needs PCI, and he's, you know, he's as stable as you're going to get him. There's mm-hmm. nothing else that you're going to be able to do at your hospital to to help him out. You know, you already gave the AMEO, like. You know, EMS has a defibrillator. If he goes into pulseless VTAC, they can shock him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the the final thing was diagnose accelerated idioventricular rhythm following the uh, the lytic administration, which um, you did not. Um, so overall, I think you did okay. I don't think you would have necessarily failed, but I don't think you would have passed with flying colors, if that makes yeah. sense. That was a good one, though. Uh, um, do you have any other questions about the case, about anything that we talked about? I think so. Okay, cool. Um, what's your first rotation of PGY2? I'm in the department. Woo! Oh, wait, wait, wait. We talked about this. I think we talked about this last time, did we? Uh, I can't remember now, but yeah, I'm in the department, which is nice. Um, it'll be fun to kind of be with the new interns and settle them in and see how far I've come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good. It's always a good reality check. Um, and then what is your first off-service rotation? Because I know, at least for me, after intern year, the amount of off-service rotations like plummets and I'm mostly doing ED stuff. Yeah, I, I'm in the ED for a while. Um, I have PDM, which I guess is not like really off-service, but I have that in a couple months. Um, and then I can't even remember, honestly, what my first off true off service it might be cardiac ICU. Yeah. Some kind of like MICU or, uh, CV ICU, something like that. Trauma ICU. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do PEDS as an intern? Did you have a PEDS rotation? Yeah, we do, um, a month of PEDS as first and second years. And then we have scattered shifts each month. So we do a decent amount of PEDS. Okay. Okay. Well, that is on the list for cases this year. I, oh, I decided to be. <laughs> to, I've been waiting be for nice you to throw me a Pete's case. <laughs> uh, the the list is almost already made up. But um, for our listeners, if you wish to participate in torturing Maddie, like I so much enjoy. 
feel free to send me an email and give me your case ideas. I thank all of you who have already sent me emails. Like I said, I, I've, I think I've used one so far. There's another one I'm planning on using in the future. It's probably a PGY3 level case, but it, I'll get to it. My email is mike at emclerkship.com and feel free to send emails with questions, feedbacks, or case ideas. And also feel free to email Maddie. Maddie at emclerkship.com. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. And until next month, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.